Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. (laughs) That's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Jake with you today at our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivid Arena. Austin Horton across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only. Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jakester. How are we doing today? It's a beautiful day outside. Have you spent much time out? Outside today? Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. Uh, not a ton, I would say. Gorgeous out there. It is nice out there. Yeah. You uh, you spend a lot of time outside today. You go to, yeah, a, went go on to my, a rave or something? No, I went on my usual, you know, mile and a half, two mile walk uphill both both and ways. It, it was it's uphill too much of the way, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So I looked up at that blue sky and I thought, wow, I don't know how many places there are that have that combination of beautiful mountains with uh, with that. Sunshine and blue sky, it's really terrific. Uh, usually you don't you, you tell us you don't like the fall weather. You like the, the scorching heat in the summer. No, I, I, lo- I love the summer, but the fall, fall would be my second. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's always beautiful. When I lived in California. You lived uh, in California? Yeah, it, uh, it got uh, along this time of year, I would uh, forget that everywhere else was turning colder. And uh, I would kind of miss the sweater weather a little bit, you know. But uh, but anyway, it's uh, yeah, it's gorgeous here. So uh, I understand why people like to live here. No doubt about it. Me too. I love the fall in Utah. It's my number one. And I like the winter summer. I don't like the spring so much in Utah. But you do uh, like the winter. Yeah, yeah. I like to I like to ski. Now that I've got a young kid, I imagine she's gonna have a good time in the snow. That that uh, buoys the spirits, you know. You know what she's gonna do? She's gonna pull out. She's gonna say, "Daddy, I want to I want the snowboard over there. That's what I want." I think we're gonna try and get her on skis this year. I think we're gonna we're gonna uh, see how that goes. She's gonna prefer the snowboard because that's what kids do. Well, that is not true anymore. Uh, it's not. No, <laughs> it was it was when my kids were growing up. Yeah, skiing skiing is pretty hip these days uh, around here. Um, yeah, yeah, there's still plenty of snowboarders too. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think it's it's skiing is is uncool. If it ever was at any time, I don't think that's the case anymore. I go up a lot and I see uh, just as many skiers, certainly more actually. Somebody was asking me the other day about my travels uh, over in Europe and Switzerland and how scenic it is and how beautiful it is there, Honk. and it is. Honk. It's remarkably beautiful. 
But yeah. some of the some of the mountains around here, especially when you go on the backside of them and look at them, I mean, uh, you, you look up, for instance, above Sundance and uh, look at the backside of Temp there. And uh, I mean, that may not be Switzerland, but it ain't far off. It's uh, it's it's gorgeous. And uh, it's way better grown, than ugly old Switzerland, in my opinion. Have, have, have you ever been to Switzerland? Twice. And you thought it was uh, ugly? I've been uh, to the Matterhorn at Disneyland. That I counts. Summered in Switzerland in oh, uh, you 94. You did? Does that sound like something I would do, Gordon? No. <laughs> After I don't know. You went over to Lillehammer for the Winter Olympics. Uh-huh. And I, then just swung over to Switzerland for the summer. I actually flew out there on a plane that was fueled by money. I thought you might have gone over with the school band or something. No, you know, I've never been to Switzerland. To Switzerland? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe Austin had gone over for a yodeling contest. Uh, no, they come know. to me. That's how good I am. What's, what's the famous art school? Like, the only people who are going on a band contest to, to Switzerland are going to Juilliard. Carnegie Mellon and, and Juilliard types, yes. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think Churchill Junior High is, is jet-setting out to Switzerland. <laughs> I don't think that's so- in the budget. You might be surprised. I mean, the, Mrs. Smith's fun- summer music camp didn't quite make it out there. Well, they do those fundraisers and stuff. You know, haven't you been head up? How many that? chocolate how bars how many would you have to sell to go to Switzerland? Guess what, kids? We've set a we've set a goal for the chocolate sales, and uh, we need to move over two million chocolates. So. <laughs> A lot of what Otis Spunkmeyer are going to be I'm, moving around wait, here. You guys just, uh, I mean, what, what did, I, I bet a lot of our listeners right Two now for one frozen had, pizza. have had either themselves had the experience of doing a fundraiser where they went to Europe or they their, their kids have. The only time in my school that those trips to Europe uh, happened was with the, the foreign language speaking. Like if you if you were learning German, they had the opportunity during the summer for your your parents to pay yeah, crazy amounts of money to go to Germany or whatever. But never yeah. for like a like a band competition. Like guess what? If we win region, we're going to Switzerland. <laughs> well, I didn't mean literally a band competition. I mean, there, but there are other there are folks who go over as part of choral groups and stuff. I've heard all kinds of people talking about okay. that. Okay, all right. We went to Disneyland every year for choir. That was about as far as you could get. In a bus, too, I bet. Uh, you know, yes. Yeah, yeah. My junior high band did that as well. Yeah. Come on. Nobody from late high like school love went us, to you know. Europe on any uh, extracurricular trips? Read that sentence back to yourself. Yeah. Anyone from Leighton High School? No. We, we, we've not even work-release students. I'm telling you, you guys. As I said, if there is there anybody out there who went to Europe in high school as a part of a school thing, or have had kids who have done that? At Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, those those kids go to Waterford, not (laughs) late. Not true. Yeah, yeah. No, there's public schools who do that sort of thing on occasion. I'm not saying it happens every day, but. I've heard of it happening, and, uh, and really, I, I wish I, I, I wish we could all pitch in and send every high school student over to Europe to spend at least a week. Over Easy, there. Bernie. <laughs> well, you know, you could you could donate that sort of thing. You know, I don't know how far my pittance would go, but uh, probably one school at least. 
I, I think I think <laughs> one school be, at a time, brother. You could do it. It would be worthwhile for. I wish every high school student let's, could uh, experience that. Let's get uh, Skyline Wrestling over there to Barcelona. If I had put down ten billion, I only would have had five left. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm sure they take your phone call. You think we could do a fundraiser and uh, right here on the on the station and and uh, you know? Nope, inspire? nope. I think what we need is one big old donor. <laughs> Okay. One one big old fat check ought to do it. Well, we'll name the trip after you. Yes. It'll be the Gordon Monson Invitational. You could go. You know what that reminds me of? Uh, a friend of mine used to tell a story. He was considerably older than me. But he said they were trying to remove this. Uh, it was like a big tree stump or something from a, 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 a certain parcel of land. And he said they tried to get a truck to pull it out of there, and they couldn't. So they got like 30 guys around this thing, and they all lifted together. And together, they could lift that thing right out of there. You heard it here first, kids. Gordon wants to pay for every Utah student to go on a Viking cruise. (laughs) It's happening. It's for the band. (laughs) You know, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. I'm sure you get a group discount, Gordon. It'd be good. You guys are mistaken. Uh, Here's the problem. That you were busy doing things in high school that uh, weren't conscientious enough to, uh, to to be involved in that kind oh, of thing. Is endeavor. that the case? Now personal shots. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm I just gotcha. saying just because. Sorry, just Austin. Cause, just because you wasn't quite literally. I wasn't high fluting enough <laughs> to go to Europe. <laughs> I wasn't a. No, a just because good you, enough, were, uh, you, you missed the boat quite literally to, to go over the there. the international debate competition. Jeez. God, <laughs> Didn't get you, to debate you, in Parliament. Why are you taking shots, man? It's not cool. I'm just, I'm just kidding around. Oh, I went to district, but I never went Man. to Europe. I was going to tell you I was having an up and down day and looking forward to the show, but you know, here we are. My day started off really good because we were cracking jokes on uh, on our text chain, which you didn't respond to. Oh. And it, you know, kind of been up and down. I was looking forward to the show. Well, there might be some things that would be uh, prioritized over over that, like making sure every. Uh, Every cupboard is full of food, but uh, I, I'll tell you, I think it would be really educational for high school students to have that that opportunity you could, you to went, see. You went to the store today. You didn't. You could have texted us while you were at the store. No, he's saying other than pay for kids to go to Europe, we yeah. could pay for them to have food the, at home. The, the text thing, my phone died, and so I plugged no, it in, no. and it's over in a corner. Yeah, it's right there, over in the corner mm-hmm. where I'm looking right now, and it's still over there. And uh, I have not looked at it. So, should we uh, should we talk a little football? Yeah. Should we get to it? I know now that <laughs> now that I just feel like crap. Let's talk about something else. Uh, a little foosball. It's time for the uh, split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott, our guest here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Here's a couple of, of the more sensitive issues I want to run by, if you don't mind. Uh, number one, the money issue. There's a perception that the Pac-12 has become very wasteful, very top-heavy with the rent that you guys pay in the Bay Area, with bonuses that you awarded before the layoffs. How do you respond to all of that? Do you think the conference has been wasteful? I don't. No, I think there's a perception out there that's just incorrect uh in my view um i think what people have a tough time 
comparing apples to apples is the other conferences that have conferences and also have their own networks, their networks are all run by outside entities. So they don't have the head count. They don't have, they don't have rent. Uh, they don't have other things, but folks don't seem to be able to make that distinction. Um, and, uh, you know, so as a result, when people look at the Pac-12, we've got 200 people that work for the Pac-12 networks, and you know the uh, the office space and the technology and everything that goes with that, people kind of lump together. So, um, you know, we're also based in San Francisco. Uh, if you look where some of the other conferences are based, they're in they're in different markets, and that decision to be in the Bay Area certainly preceded me. So there are some there are some differences, um, but we benchmark ourselves every year against the other conferences, against other networks. We've got a rigorous process we go through with our finance committee made up of university presidents and university chief financial officers. And um, you know, I'm very confident that we're pursuing the mission and the mandate on behalf of our members in, uh, at a high level um, in an efficient way. Speaking of comparing conferences, we will get to that in just one moment. That was obviously Larry Scott. It's your split story of the day. Gordon, the hammer, John Wilner uh, from the San Jose Mercury News, which, by the way, is a PK nickname, which I find hilarious. But uh, the hammer had a good piece out the other day, Gordon. Actually, it came out yesterday where he covered a number of different topics, uh, which we can get to uh, throughout the show because, really, it was all pretty good. But want to start out with coaches' salaries and go a different, uh, couple of different angles with you. All right. First of all, uh, I found it pretty interesting, you know, to compare sal- uh, to compare uh, salaries for coaches. Uh, the, that's where uh, Larry Scott, when he says compare to other leagues, is going to fall short a little bit. A couple of facts that uh, that Wilner threw out there in this piece, uh, Gordon. All right. The twelve Pac-12 coaches, their combined salary is the same as the top six SEC coaches. Hmm. Uh, so, so, so what you're saying is the Pac-12 uh, coaches are aren't paid nearly enough. On on the whole, they are paid <laughs> less uh, than others out there. Uh, Kyle Whittingham is uh, is the top paid coach uh, in the uh, league at five million dollars. Um, in all, the Pac-12 has four coaches earning at least four million dollars a season. Kyle. Uh, Shaw, Helton, and Kelly. The SEC has 10 over the $4 million mark. The Big 12 has 11 over the uh, $4 million mark. And uh, one more comparison. Uh, Mel Tucker, remember the uh, uh, Mar- uh, the average coach who spent one year at Colorado uh, and then left for Michigan State? He's going to earn $5.06 million in East Lansing. So, you yeah. know. For a guy, a coach who hasn't even done anything, one mediocre season at Colorado, and uh, his pay is what tripled, quadrupled. I mean, that's that's pretty nuts. So the the comparison that Larry is downplaying right there uh, is very real uh, when you gauge it with uh, with coaches' salaries. Well, this is a bad place for me to uh, start from because I think coaches are way overpaid. And uh, I know their value. I know Nick Saban making whatever. What's he making? Nine million or something? Some crazy number. And people say they're worth every penny, you know, and all this stuff. But it, within the context of college sports and uh, what what the athletes themselves get, uh, it seems like that's way out of uh, proportion, in my opinion. Well. So. 
with that in mind, we'll get to overpaid, underpaid here in, in a second. I mean, my counter argument to that would be, you know, you've got to be willing to invest in resources, a coach being one of them, in order to have a successful college football program, which is after all the point. And if you're falling behind in the resource game, then the product on the football field probably isn't going to be terrific. Okay. I, I'm following your logic. So maybe I think $9 million for Nick Saban is, is lunacy, but who cares what I think? I'm just some bozo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love the term bozo. We should, we should really use it all the time. All right. Well, Wilner did this, Gordon. He broke down uh, the salaries of all the coaches in the Pac-12 and then kind of compared them on a dollars-per-win scale. Okay? Okay. So Mario Cristobal, his salary in 2020 uh, is $2.7 million. Uh, he has a two-year win total of $21 per win, $129,000. Okay. So that's, that's actually that's the best number as far as value goes in the league and best by quite a, quite a, quite a ways. Um, Justin Wilcox, his 2020 salary, uh, $3.35 million, two-year win total, $15 per win, $223,000. Okay. Up next, our guy Herm at Arizona State. 2020 uh, salary, $3.5 million, two-year win total, $15 per win, $233,000. 